Chris Nolan is standing by. Hey, Wacky Bruce. Coming to you from an undisclosed location, this is the Bruce Exclusive. And here's your host, Bruce Nolan. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to another edition of the Bruce Exclusive, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Nolan. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Bruce Exclusive. Welcome back. You know, occasionally I will be able to glean a good content idea from someone who's not me. I know. You're shocked, but not all of the great ideas are in Bruce's head. A lot of times, the best ideas don't come from me at all. They're inspired by a conversation that I may have had with a different content creator, with a member of the media, with a fan, with a listener of this show, with my wife. Sometimes when it's late at night and I'm having conversations with my dog, that's when the good stuff will come out. If you've had too much to drink and you start talking to yourself and yourself talks back, sometimes they're very wise. Well, in this case, a listener sent me an email that suggested that I could rank the Buffalo Bills opponents for the 2021 season in tiers instead of just straight wins and losses. And they suggested that you could have six tiers The Bills will definitely win. The Bills will probably win. I'm leaning toward win. I'm leaning toward loss, probable loss, and then a definite loss. Those are the six tiers that he wanted me to go through and discuss with my listeners. And I thought to myself, you know, I've been mulling around a different idea that also was not mine. So both of the ideas that you're going to hear from me today originated from someone who's not me. The first one from a listener who sent me an email. The second one from Joe Marino, Draft Network, host of Locked on Bills. Find him on Twitter at the Joe Marino. We were having discussion, Joe and I were having discussion about using QB stew to do strength of schedule in regards to the quality of the quarterbacks that a team is going to face the upcoming year. So I have two specific ways that you can look at strength of schedule that aren't just wins and losses. The first one, we're going to tier the games by how confident, basically a confidence tiering index, how confident you are that the Bills will win the game. Then on top of that, We're also going to have a discussion about strength of schedule, and we're going to take the Bills, and we are going to compare their strength of schedule as it relates to quarterback stew, QB stew, which is, again, a proprietary Bruce metric that is a composite of seven different advanced holistic quarterback metrics. So we're going to talk about both those things. And for the QB stew strength of schedule, we're going to talk about it for the entire AFC East, so we have things to compare it to. Let's dive in to the tiering. Let's start from the bottom and then go to the top. The games that fall into the definite loss category 
for Bruce. When I look at the schedule for 2021, none of them. None of them do I look at and go, absolutely, 100%, Bills are going to lose that game. Yeah, I feel really strongly about it. How about probable loss, where I look at them and go, yeah, yeah, they're probably going to they're probably gonna lose that way. I, I, I feel fairly strongly about that. Also, no games. How about games in which I'm leading a loss? Two, Chiefs, Buccaneers. I think that's completely fair, given the fact that they represented the AFC and the NFC, respectively, in last year's Super Bowl. The Buccaneers brought almost their entire team back. The Chiefs completely retooled their offensive line. I think there's a very reasonable chance that the Bills lose to both those teams. I think I'm leaning loss on those two games. Chiefs, Buccaneers. Basically, until I see otherwise, I think it's completely fair. What about the games where I'm leaning win? I'm like, yeah, I, I feel like the Bills are, are going to win that game. I'm not like crazy strong about it. Like, yeah, all right. But yeah, I feel like they're going to win. The Titans, the Colts, the Washington football team. I do think the Washington football team is probably the team to beat in the NFC East this year. Now, given how bad the NFC East was last year, that might not be saying much. But Ryan Fitzpatrick is markedly better than Alex Smith and Dwayne Haskins combination. He's markedly better than Taylor Heineke. And that defense could be really, really good this year. So I'm leaning win for the Washington football team. The Bills lost to the Titans in the regular season last year. It wasn't a super pretty game. You could make an argument it was probably Josh Allen's worst game of the year. The Colts almost beat the Bills. In a playoff game, a lot of what is going on in Indianapolis is going to hinge on Carson Wentz. If they get Phillip Rivers 2020 play or better, that could be a good team. If they get less than Phillip Rivers 2020 play, that team might not make the playoffs. But given how close the Colts were to beating the Bills in the playoffs last year, Hail Mary short, I feel comfortable going, I'm leaning win on these three games. The Washington football team, the Titans, and the Colts. How about a probable win? Things I feel fairly strongly about. If I was a betting man, I'd consider it that level of confidence. The Steelers, the Dolphins times two, the Saints, the Patriots times two, and the Falcons. I think there's a very reasonable chance the Steelers don't make the playoffs this year. The Steelers had a very strange offseason. You know, bringing Ben Roethlisberger back, for one year on a restructured contract, drafting a running back in the first round. The Steelers went about their offseason as if they were Super Bowl contenders, and I don't think they're close to being Super Bowl contenders in 2021. The defense is still going to be good. I do think that being able to pick up Melvin Ingram this late in the offseason to replace Bud Dupree is a good move for the Steelers. Absolutely. But I would view that as a probable win for the Buffalo Bills. Both the Dolphins games I have under probable win. I think it's very reasonable to expect a step forward from Tua Tungavaloa in year two. But the question is, how big of a step are you going to get? Because they need a fairly notable step in order to be competitive with a team that blew the doors off them when they absolutely had to win it last year. When the Miami Dolphins absolutely 
had to win the game to get in the playoffs, they got obliterated by the Buffalo Bills and backups. Brian Flores' star and his shine took a little bit of hit in my eyes last year. And I like Brian Flores. I think he's a good coach. But the constant maneuvering of trying to serve two masters, develop Tua, and also make the playoffs with Ryan Fitzpatrick, they ended up with neither. They tried to serve two masters. They ended up serving neither. The Saints are going from Drew Brees to who? To Jameis Winston? To Taysom Hill? I don't know. There's a lot of unknowns there. They're going to be without Michael Thomas at the very beginning of the year. How long is it going to take him to acclimate? It's just a scenario where there's a lot of unknowns. It feels like the Saints are starting to slide backwards. Another team who has been a perennial playoff contender, who I wouldn't be shocked if they didn't make the playoffs this year. Now, I don't think there'll be a bad team. I think Sean Payton's a good coach. I don't think you get bad teams in New Orleans. But if they were 8-9, and nine, would anybody be shocked? If they were 9-8, and eight, would anybody be shocked? The Patriots times two. I think Cam Newton's washed. We'll see how Mac Jones is. I was not overly impressed with him as a prospect. But I think Cam Newton's washed. We're going to talk about this when we talk about strength of schedule as it relates to quarterback stew, QB stew, after the break. But until I see better quarterback play from them, they're going to be in a situation where they could have a good defense and they could have a reasonable running game. But when you go up against teams with elite level quarterback play, which the Bills actually have now, that might not be enough. It's enough for me to put it in a probable win. Last one's the Falcons. I do think there's a chance for a bounce back from the Falcons. I mentioned previously on a podcast that you don't draft in the top five when you get really good quarterback play. The Falcons had pretty decent quarterback play last year. They have a good quarterback in Matt Ryan overall. People like that don't draft in the top five very often, which means you could get a bounce back from the Falcons. But they've been working on that defensive line for what feels like a million years as far as pass rush goes, and they just can't seem to get it. And if you can't affect Josh Allen, there's going to be potentially a problem. So I put the Falcons in probable wins. So again, probable wins. Steelers, Dolphins times two, Saints, Patriots times two, Falcons. The final tier, definitely win. Now, I don't believe in definites, right? So I'm going to modify this. It's highly probable wins. There's no such thing as definite in the NFL. Fluke stuff happens all the time. It happens so much, we should probably stop calling it fluke. Texans, Jaguars, Jets times two, Panthers. I think there's a reasonable chance that the Texans, Jaguars, and Jets are duking it out for top five draft pick positions in 2021. I do not think the Jets are going to be a good team. I do think they are on the right track in 2021. I do like the Robert Sala higher for them. Absolutely. But Zach Wilson is going to have a learning curve. It's going to be fairly notable. He does not have a veteran quarterback in the room with him to help him out. I don't really know what to expect from the Jaguars and Urban Meyer. But he has previously said he does not know how NFL head coaches handle losing because he would lose his mind. Well, you might lose your mind a lot early, Urban, because I don't know if the Jaguars are going to be a very good team. 
Very few teams who start rookie quarterbacks are. It typically requires an elite remainder of team to be able to do it. And I don't think the Jaguars have an elite remainder of team. The Panthers are on this list because I don't believe in Sam Darnold. I do think that Adam Gase negatively impacted Sam Darnold. But Adam Gase negatively impacted Ryan Tannehill too. And Tannehill with Miami was markedly better than Darnold with the Jets. So even if he took a Tannehill-like jump, Tannehill went from eh to, oh, okay, yeah. Darnold, if he takes the same level of jump, would go from yee to eh. Those are my onomatopoeia tears right there. Yee, uh, okay, and eh. Those are my tears right there. How do you feel about my onomatopoeia quarterback tearing? Think about replacing QB stew with just noises that come from Bruce. The tears of Bruce noises. You know what? Just got a great idea for an off-season podcast, guys. Just saying. Sometimes brilliance comes to you in the middle of recording other podcasts. So those are my tears. None in the definite loss. None in the probable loss. Two in the leaning loss. Three in the leaning win. There's seven in probable win. And five in definitely win. This is what having a good team feels like. I would be disappointed if the Bills lost to the Colts or the Steelers or the Finns or the Patriots or the Titans based on where I think those teams are right now. Now, by the time the Bills play them, I could have a different opinion. For all I know, Tua Tungavailoa comes out and absolutely starts dropping bombs all over the NFL. By the time the Bills play the Dolphins, I'm like, whoa, boys, this is going to be a this is going to be a gunfight. But those are the opponent tiers. A different way of looking at the schedule the Bills are going to have. We are going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to do stew strength of schedule. I have an announcement to make after that. Stick with me. We'll be right back. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Welcome back, everybody, and thank you for joining me for this edition of the Bruce Exclusive of Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Nolan. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Bruce Exclusive. Welcome back. We have been looking at the Bills' schedule through two different lenses. The first one was we were going to tier the opponents by how likely it is that I think the Bills will win in that game. The second lens that we're going to look at opponents through is through the strength of schedule based on the QB stew of their probable starting quarterback. So for those unfamiliar, QB stew is a proprietary metric that I created that is essentially just a composite of seven different holistic quarterback metrics. Average net yards per attempt, EPA per play, QBR, DVOA, passer rating, CPOE, and PFF grade. You take these together, you take the quarterback's ranks in each one of these things, you average the ranks together, and it gives you a QB stew. The best possible QB stew score is one. It could theoretically be as bad as you want it to be. It could be in the 40s if a quarterback was bad enough, if you had enough sample size on enough quarterbacks. So remember, lower number is better. Let's look first at the Miami Dolphins' strength of schedule based on probable starting quarterback. Now, some assumptions have to be made here, specifically in regards to teams that have rookie quarterbacks waiting in the wings and teams that are playing rookie quarterbacks. Why? Because the rookie quarterback doesn't have a stew score from last year because they played in college. Can't do it in college. So for that, what we did was we applied a stew score of 21.14 to rookie quarterbacks. Why? There were three rookie quarterbacks in 2020 that had statistically significant sample sizes to be able to qualify for QB stew. Tua Tungavaloa, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert. The average of their three QB stews was 21.14. That was the average rookie QB stew last year. So that's what we're going to use for a rookie QB stew. That rookie could be better. That rookie could be worse. We're using the average for the purposes of this exercise. Let's look at Miami. They're playing the Patriots. We're going to assume the starter is Cam Newton. His QB stew was 29. The Bills, Josh Allen, 3.57. Reminder, lower number is better. That's very, very good. Raiders, Derek Carr, 9.14. Indianapolis, Carson Wentz, 35. Tampa Bay, Tom Brady, 8.71. The Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence, 21.14. Atlanta, Matt Ryan, 16.71. The Bills again, Josh Allen, 3.57. Tyrod Taylor, Not available for the Texans. Didn't play enough last year. Can't use it. Lamar Jackson for the Ravens, 15.57. The Jets, Wilson, 21.14. The standardized rookie stew we're using for the purposes of this exercise. The Panthers, Sam Darnold, 37. The Giants, Daniel Jones, 25.57. The Jets again, Zach Wilson, 21.14. New Orleans, we're going to put in Jameis Winston 
who is a not available, even if it was Taysom Hill, still did not have statistically significant sample size to be able to use it from 2020. So either way, we got to throw it out. The Titans, Ryan Tannehill, six. The Patriots, Cam Newton, 29. If we take Miami's opposing quarterbacks that I just listed, we throw out the ones that we can't use. We apply the average rookie stew. The average stew, when divided by the sample size, is 18.82. Slightly below average list of quarterbacks that the Dolphins will play in 2020. Now, a lot of things can change. Cam Newton could not be the starter for the Patriots in one or both of the games because Newton is week one for the Miami Dolphins. And Newton is also the last game of the season. The bookend games are against the Patriots. They could play Newton twice, Jones twice, or one of each once. They could both get hurt. They could be playing against somebody else entirely. But based on the information we've got and the rules we have constructed, 18.82 is the stew strength of schedule for the Miami Dolphins in 2020. For the New England Patriots, they're going to face... Tua, who had a QB stew of 29 last year. Zach Wilson, we already went through. Jameis Winston, already went through. Brady, already went through. Wilson again. The Chargers had Justin Herbert. 13.14 was the stew score for him. Very good year. Panthers, already went through it. Browns, Baker Mayfield. Stew score, 13.86. A smidge less good than Justin Herbert. Baker Mayfield had a good year last year, ladies and gentlemen. His year was very close to that of the Rookie of the Year and Justin Herbert. Everybody's excited about Herbert. Falcons, Matt Ryan, 16.71. Already went through that. Titans, Ryan Tannehill. Bills, Josh Allen. Colts, already went through it. Bills again, Jaguars, Dolphins. Already went through all these. The stew strength of schedule for New Orleans is 18.49. A smidge more challenging of a schedule on paper for the Patriots versus the Dolphins. Let's look at the Jets. They're going to play Darnold right off the bat. Old friend. Hello, Darnold, my old friend. They're going to face Newton. Drew Locke, who had a stew score of 33. Ryan Tannehill, Matt Ryan, Newton, Joe Burrow, stew score of 21.29. Wentz, Allen, Tua, Tyrod, got to throw it out. Eagles, Jalen Hurts, got to throw it out. New Orleans, Winston, got to throw it out. Tua again, Lawrence, Brady, and the Bills again. Average stew score of the projected quarterbacks that the Jets are going to face, 21.57. The worst of the group so far. And you would expect this. You would expect this. Because... The Jets were bad enough last year that they get the last place divisional schedule. And if you get the last place divisional schedule, you're going to be playing teams that were in lower spots in their division. And if they're in lower spots in their division, they probably have lesser quarterbacks. So all of this is tracking so far. Dolphins, 18.82. Patriots, 18.49. Jets, 21.57. What about the Bills? Bills, Pittsburgh, Big Ben, 20.57. 
Tua, 29. We already went through it. Fitz, Washington football team, 12.71. Yes, Ryan Fitzpatrick had a better year than Justin Herbert did last year. Tyrod, throw it out. Mahomes, 5.71. Tannehill, 6. Lawrence and Wilson, apply the rookie standard. Wentz, 35. Winston, throw him out. Newton, Brady, Darnold, Newton, Ryan. Wilson, the rookie. We already went through these. Buffalo's QB stew strength of schedule is 21.45. If you would like to look at a reason for optimism when it relates to the Buffalo Bills defensive possible progression back to a better pass defense, look no further than the group of quarterbacks that they are playing in 2021. It's not super inspiring. We're all going to bring it full circle at this point. We're bringing it full circle because if you remember correctly, I just did a podcast where I reflected upon the Bills defensive regression article I wrote last year. And I listed out reasons why a defense can regress. And one of the things I was looking at was how good are the quarterbacks they're facing? This ties in with that. It's all connected. It's like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the Bruce Podcast Universe, the BPU. It's all connected, baby. This is one of the ways that you can look to and have optimism when it comes to the Bills and their defense bouncing back. They're facing just as bad of a group of quarterbacks on paper as the Jets are. But they ended up first in their division last year. Now, could the Bills end up facing Jameis Winston, who turns out to be a stud? Sure. How about Tyrod Taylor, who has a great year with the Texans? Sure, it could happen. Wilson and Tua turn out to be really, really good players this year. Mac Jones starts for New England and is an absolute stud. All these things are possible. But on paper, those things don't look as promising. So the Bills' strength of schedule isn't necessarily that bad when you look at the QB stew for a team that won their division last year and made it to the AFC Championship game. So there's two separate ways we looked at strength of schedule today. We looked at it through the lens of opponent tiering, and we looked at it through the lens of QB stew. Now, I promised you I had an announcement to make, so I'm going to make it. This is the final episode that will air on a Friday of the Bruce exclusive. There's a reason for that. So I've been looking for a while for a way where I could continue to do shows where I could have listener engagement. I mentioned before that I finished up my last live show on Spotify green room. And I had some people who really enjoyed that. And I would have loved to continue to do that, but I needed some help. That's not something I can probably do alone for a long time. A significant stressor on me. The platform is not something I love. The audio quality isn't great because I can't use my normal microphone. I needed a different method. But also, doing it on a weeknight, late, messes with my schedule a little bit. So, if you're listening to this the day it drops, you're listening to it on Friday the 30th. And you are in for a treat. A week from today, if you're listening to it on the 30th, 
on Friday, August 6th at 9 o'clock p.m. And every Friday at 9 o'clock p.m. moving forward, I will be on a live show on the Buffalo Rumblings YouTube channel that will be co-hosted by Nate Geary from WGR 550. The two of us have known each other for a very long time. We were looking for an opportunity to collaborate in a more formal fashion. And we started chatting about this a little while ago and decided we wanted to do it. So every Friday night, you will have an opportunity to catch Nate and I live on YouTube on the Buffalo Rumblings YouTube channel. If you have not done so, please go subscribe to the Buffalo Rumblings YouTube channel and turn on notifications so you don't miss it if there's a live show that pops up on you. That will also drop as a podcast on Saturdays, which means you will no longer have the Bruce exclusive in your podcast feeds on Thursdays and Fridays. You will instead have the Bruce exclusive in your podcast feeds on Thursday, and then you have a different show in your podcast feeds on Saturday morning. It will be an MP3 from the live show that I did with Nate Geary the previous night. Friday night, live on YouTube, every single week at 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. The show is titled Food for Thought. Nate and I are both foodies. We think it's a thought-provoking show. We have some great content lined up for you. We're very excited about it. Obviously, this is an opportunity for me to collaborate with someone who also has his own solo show. So I have the Bruce exclusive. He has Sports Talk Saturday on WGR. And then we come together by your powers combined. We come together and we do Food for Thought. It will be live on the Buffalo Rumblings YouTube network. And we'll stream it to Facebook. We'll stream it to Twitter as well. At 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time every Friday. We are very excited I am excited. This is a way for me to continue to interact with you live in the method that you wanted me to, but also be able to reach a bigger platform, also have better audio quality, and get a little bit of help from someone who has a lot of experience in this space doing a good job of leading and hosting a show. We are very excited about it. We think there's going to be some great opportunity to kind of push content in a good direction, and I would love it. I would be honored if you would try and show up because quite frankly, the hoops that some of you jumped through to make sure that you could reach me on the Spotify green room platform. Some of you were like downloading apps and you were emailing me like, Hey, how do I get this? How do I get this set up? And just so you could listen to the show was amazing. It'll be a lot easier to consume the content moving forward. So thank you so much. I hope you're excited about this. I hope that this brought a smile to your face. You will still continue to hear shows from me. Every Thursday, the Bruce Exclusive will still keep doing that. But instead of Bruce Exclusive Thursday, Bruce Exclusive Friday, it will be Bruce Exclusive Thursday, live show Friday night with Nate, audio copy of that live show on Saturday morning. So we're very excited. Thank you for everything that you continue to do for me. Thank you for the grace you have continually shown me. And that's the way the cookie crumbles. I'm Bruce Nolan. Buffalo Rumble.